the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Looks like it's going to be another beautiful day out there. Started out yes, well. It's it, beautiful out there. Oh, it was. it's unbelievably clear, uh, at least out in, in Scripps Ranch when I... Out to a, the east, out in the sticks, where you and I come from. Yeah. There's a marine layer out this way as we started heading west. Yeah, I started getting a little misty uh, right at the 805. Right. Right at the 805. Come on. Come when across I, when I came up 805, until I got across 805. Yeah. So I got off the freeway, turned left, came up the hill here, and it wasn't until I got to the corner, to the corner here yeah, that it, yeah. It, it, yeah. I didn't even I didn't even know it was out there. You could see it as you were heading west, off in the distance. It's actually quite pretty. So you had a a good trip to uh, Denver last week. Yeah, it was beautiful. Well, it is beautiful, but what, what it, was, it was the cold? Was Nine the degrees when Sunday and Monday it was snow. I mean, yeah, it was it was cold. I thought I could handle cold, but I guess I'm <laughs> getting much older. You can't handle the cold. No, no. You should see me walking around on the ice and well. Did you, did you have shorts on, or did you put some? Long no, actually, on I wore. I was smart enough this time. Okay. To, Bring a pair of jeans, which I wore the entire time I was there. Way to go. Well, yeah. We're very I bought a, but I brought a bunch of shorts. I but, I have not been to Denver since uh, you and I was, went for the, the retail old, conference. Yeah, the only time I ever had been there. But, oh, my. I don't was, remember much of it. But. Yeah, yeah. That was a whole different weekend. Yes. <laughs> you know, that was the cold that delayed our potatoes. That was oh, the that storm. Was it, is, right. That was it? Yes. Yeah, so our, our potatoes have been... Uh, languishing in Salt Lake City? No, 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 no. They didn't leave Montana. They had to oh. stay in the the warm confines, whatever those are in Montana, during that cold, and now they're on their way. You know, it's interesting. The, the seed potatoes that we get now are actually just little potatoes. A long time ago, what we used to get were chopped up potatoes, where they would cut the eyes, they'd cut an eye out, and then they would, then they would roll them around or coat them with, I don't know if it was sulfur, sulfur or some, yeah. some, some kind of fungicide to keep them from, to keep them from rotting. So I wonder when the, I wonder when the switch came in. When cutting out people's eyes became, you know, went out of fashion. So we stopped doing that. I don't know. Cause it's been a long time since we've been, we've had them this way. It's always been remember. potatoes in as far as like I mean, the last yeah, 10 I years or it was a, it was a long time ago, but I, I remember we used to get, cause they, they just, they just came in the bins, but they were all—they were completely coated with some kind of fungicide, and it just looked like somebody had gone through their, gone through their uh, pantry and took out a potato and chopped it up and dusted it. Quite so possibly, that's what happened. It, by, it, may by, very, it may very well be. Yeah. By the time know. I take potatoes out of my pantry, they usually have growing eyes on yeah. the top and yes. just melted mush on the bottom. So. No. And there's it nothing. Doesn't work. A, yeah, nothing, nothing smells worse yeah. than a rotten potato in, in your pantry. Oh my god! Well, you know, I had a discussion with somebody about that. A, a grass clippings recycling can after a hot summer's <laughs> week. Some people would argue might be worse than that. I'm not sure. I'm trying to remember. Which uh, one. Yeah, that's <laughs> no. I, I, I go with the potato. I yeah. can take okay. the grass clippings. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, it's funny. Back in Nebraska, I remember going back there as a kid because it's where my grandparents were from. We'd go back to visit my 
great grandmother and uh, my grandmother's brother, who both still live back there. And where they lived, there was a big field behind the house or that they grew hay, and they would and they would rake all the hay up into these giant haystacks. And after it would rain, it'd get a thunderstorm come through, and it would rain. And then a couple of days later, you look out, and the steam coming out of the out of the hay pile was just incredible. I, I thought as a kid, I, I thought they were on fire. Um, and apparently, they can catch on fire um, if it gets too hot. But you could just the the I'm guessing it's just the bacteria starting to break, starting to break it down. And, and it's a good compost pile. Yeah, exactly. It's just like a giant compost pile, and it, it was it was. Fragrant. For 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 a, for a little kid, it's it was pretty yeah pretty impressive. I I, I remember because we had had a, there was a a couple days before there was a huge thunderstorm came through, and being from San Diego, I had no idea what a huge thunderstorm was like. <laughs> um, I I remember hiding under the bed in my great grandmother's house because it was it was Petrified. so loud. Yeah. So, Wait, were you so eighteen scared. or nineteen when that happened? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, I can't. I don't recall exactly, but. Um, I actually thought that the I thought that the haystack had been hit by lightning, but then yeah. my grandmother explained to me how she that, ruined it for you. How that all works, not being a not growing up on a farm like she did. So those hay bales, I, I use them a lot in the garden, and you can attract a lot of earthworms underneath if you have a, a hay bale in the garden. Or I can you use it as a mulch. It works quite well. I could imagine use that it, it in would. the paths of the garden. Well, it was a couple of years ago we did we we did that. Hay bale garden. Remember we, where we doused so it, it with power? doused yes. it. Yeah, we oh. doused it, doused it with fertilizer, and then actually just planted the plants directly into the hay bale. Uh, I, it worked, but I it, don't get it. It worked, but it's it, there's a lot of baggage that goes with with growing stuff that way. Just because <laughs> you can do something and it's super cool doesn't mean doesn't, you should. Doesn't right. mean you should. No. I did a race planter a few years ago with. With straw bales. Actually, it's now a long time ago. Because I saw it at, at City Farmers. Yeah. Bill Tall had made them for his asparagus bed. He, he made a, a rectangle uh, by putting the bales on their side and then filling the center with compost and planting the asparagus in that. And I thought, that is the coolest thing ever. So I went home and duplicated it. What do you do when the bale rots I was going to say, because an asparagus is a long When I did it, I wasn't <laughs> thinking that far in advance. A and, good asparagus bed will last you 15 years. So yeah, yeah, no, you weren't thinking that no. far out. Um, my asparagus bed became a worm bed, and the worms were eating the straw as well as the straw just degrading. And in less than a year, I just had a fantastic worm bed. Um, and the whole thing just kind of melted into the ground, and I used the worm castings in the garden. Oh, well, as you well should. Then, as I well should. So it worked. It, and so, I say, and I say, a few years ago. <laughs> The first time I talked about it was a few years ago, and that was probably a few, a few years, years ago. before that. <laughs> yeah. Well, then there was a few years ago at the. Um, it's the... all encompassing. A few years <laughs> yeah. ago, that could have been. It could have been in four land, years ago or seventeen in a land far, far away. Um, at the fair, they built that whole kind of mission-style structure. They stacked hay bales up and built and built walls and kind of a kind of a patio area. And then they went through and they stuccoed over the over the hay bales. Well, that was that was a hay, hay bale buildings. Buildings. That's a that's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah. I don't think I'd want to be in one in an earthquake. But well, no, because the straw will absorb the shaking. Maybe I. I, I you know, that's weird. You went straight to earthquakes. I didn't even think about that. I just thought about straw bales and bugs and well, yeah. all the other stuff that, that, that causes them to, to degrade and the worms. The worms that so, get yeah, into the, the walls. Worm, we have the worms eat your house. Uh, if you want to give us a call today, eight 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 three four four eleven seventy is the number. We would love to talk to you. Hopefully, uh, no straw bale building proponents are out there listening to this right now because we're going to hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else is going on these days. You know what I had to do? I know this is not exactly garden related, but I had to put lotion on my, my hands are getting dry and you know, we talk about, yeah, you were talking about that at the office yesterday, but did it, has the weather change affected you guys yet? Or is that, do you, or do you, maybe you're not sensitive. I, yeah, no, I have man hands, so I don't, <laughs> I don't care. They don't have to be soft and supple like yourself. Uh, so. I don't know. They get 
Okay. I'm sorry. Go it ahead. has been dry. Okay. And I, I don't know. We're, we're not expecting any rain anytime in the future. No, but we're talking about a change in the weather right. a week from now with some you mean perhaps drizzle. Getting cold? Yeah. And overcast. Well, nice. There's going to be a strong onshore flow or something like that. It's, it's out there right now. It's trying to make its, it's way. It's trying to make its way in. But it's building. Being... That would okay, be, you were going to say be nice. before I so rudely interrupted with my hands going on in the... Oh, just some of the other stuff that's going on. We found out this week that, um, like so much other stuff during the pandemic, um, David Austin roses have been oversold. So they are going to be rationing them out to their dealers. Yeah, I still haven't heard back how that's going that to be going done. to affect us. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're if you're interested in David Austin roses, as soon as they get into the stores, that would be the time yeah, to or, or get on the list or get on or get on the list. Yeah, you can give either store a call and get and put your name on the list. And we can call you when they come in. Um, we did have a lot of people sign up for onion starts. Yeah, and those are due the second week. Of November, which is a week from this coming week. A week from soon. this week? It's yeah, coming oh, soon. Yeah, yeah. Does November soon. start tomorrow, next. doesn't it? Yes, yeah, it does. It's a week after next, yeah. 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 Uh, what else did I have on here? Oh, interesting thing came through the store the other day, and I did not even know that it was available, but uh, one, one of our growers, Musa Creek Nursery up in North County, uh, probably one of the best native plant growers that's out there, uh, go if you go to their website. I think it's is it musacreeknursery dot com. It is musacreeknursery dot com. Yeah. If you go to musacreeknursery dot com, you can take a look. They have their availability list on there, and the amount of stuff that they, the amount of native plants that they grow, just the 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 different varieties is astounding. It's absolutely amazing it's staggering i didn't i didn't realize there were so many oh, native plants that people would put into their yards and gardens yeah i didn't realize that there was that anybody was growing that many different natives but if you go to their if you go if you're interested in natives and you go to their website you can see what they have if they if they have something on their website that we do not have in either of our stores you can actually order it through the website and they will ship it to they will ship it to either our san diego store or our poway store and you can come in and pick and pick it up there um, but one of the things that they had is they have a – it's called a Pollinator Paradise Pack, and it's a pack of 32 liners, and a liner is about a two-and-a-quarter-inch pot of 32 different plants that are that either provide nectar or are host plants for pollinators. Um, so it's a quick way to get a native pollinator garden going. I, the last time that I looked – they had they showed zero availability, and it's still that way this yeah. morning. But we did have one in, so you could you could give them a call and find out when they're expecting more of them. But it was a, it was a pretty it was a pretty neat little setup that they. And had. they say it'll cover about two hundred square feet uh, of garden, and it has uh, buckwheat in it, California lilacs, it has monkey flowers, um, uh, sages, deerweed, rockcrest, coyote mint, a host of a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, a lot of a lot of different things. So I. I thought that was pretty, pretty, pretty cool. And, and I'd never seen it before. One no. of our customers ordered it and it came in. Yeah. It was sitting on the counter. Yeah, it was, a, it was one of the special orders that came in. Um, but they, they grow some – I was never a big native plant, native plant yeah. fan just because you look around San Diego in the open space and it's just like, eh. It, yeah, it, it doesn't look like yes. much. But uh, – How is but it? If, and it's <laughs> eh. <laughs> <laughs> but if you – but – since we've started carrying Musa Creek stuff, they've got some beautiful stuff that they bring in, and well, just you, really, really neat. I, I have I, I have a whole new appreciation for, uh, for native plants eh? now. A new appreciation yeah. for ant. Eh? Yeah, way to go. But you know, it, I agree with you. If you if you look at the chaparral or places from a distance, it looks eh. But if you're out there hiking, particularly when it's been raining and and you get some moisture, yeah. some of the flowers are spectacular. Right now. After right now, we're going to do what? We're going to take a quick break. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number you're listening to Garden Talk right here on KCBQ AM and FM and KPraise AM and FM. We'll be back with more right after this.
Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. When I got to the garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same. But it and we're back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we were, before we went to the uh, break, we were discussing eh. Eh, na- native plants. Uh, and you had more that you wanted to expound on I do. native plants. You know, I like to go out and hike on occasion. And mm-hmm. getting out into the backcountry can be spectacular. Right now, it's a little... Dry. It's right. been a long, dry summer and into fall, which normally, or last year, we had rain by now. So things were starting to come back. So it still looks a little eh. But there's different plants and different natives on all the different trails that if you take the time to look and want to appreciate them, they're kind of neat out there. And there's a lot of different things. Even trails close to my house, one mile west is going to be different than two miles east, what I see on the trails. And especially after a good wet winter in the spring and into summer, the hills are alive. They are. With the sound of the bees and the flower. I mean, and it just it, they're beautiful in their proper time. And right now, I suppose you could appreciate, but it's a little dry and dusty up there. Yeah. No, it's... It- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> when you the part of George's chair will now be played by Mike's uh, Mark's microphone. <laughs> um, just walking around Lake Miramar, there's there's a plethora of native stuff that grows around Lake Miramar. When it's raining, it's there. It, you go. It, it actually looks. It's, we just it's very nice. We just flipped Ken from meh to it can be very no nice. no no. I had flipped from meh a long time ago. Uh, okay. Once we started caring, but the and you know the other thing that um, one of the things that surprised me is um, the different manzanitas that are out there. Everything from like total ground cover manzanita to those huge ones that were at the customer service counter uh, this week that were just they had foliage. The foliage on them was was about the size of a silver dollar. It's it's funny when you're out on the trails looking at the manzanitas. They're only in certain elevations. There there's there's a very specific range where they are and where they're not, and that's something you see with a bunch of the different natives out there. And you you had mentioned earlier that if Musa had something on their website that we did not have in stock, that they could order it and pick it up at the nursery when they did their regular delivery, yeah. which they do every week. They could also do that with any of the plants that they show available. They don't have to make sure it's one that we don't stock. True. If they could just go to their website and order it and pick it up the following week at Walter Anderson Nursery. We we carry a lot of Musa Creek in in one-gallon containers, and they often have things in larger sizes too, and they'll show that availability availability on their website. So if if you want something larger, you can pull it up from their website, order it, and pick it up. Oh, and just a note to everybody – Next Tuesday and Wednesday, next Tuesday in San Diego and Wednesday in Poway, it is going to be inventory day. So we are, you'll see people running around counting and scanning. And uh, there might be slightly fewer customer, customer service staff service, available, but, but we will we will do, do everything in our everything in our power to take care of you, no matter. So would what. that be so. the third and the fourth? Is that correct? I believe yes. so. Yeah. So just that would be Tuesday the third and Wednesday the fourth. Yeah. Oh, we do it every election day, November. Well, takes your mind off of it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it does actually. Uh, if you were to give us a call, eight 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 three four four eleven seventy is the number. We would love to talk to you. Um, what else do I have on here, oh, George? We, you and I were talking. We've been over the last couple of weeks. We've been talking about winter vegetables and, and vegetable gardening uh, this time of the year. And uh, you had an you had a problem in. Your vegetable garden with with I think they were deer mice, the little little 
tiny mice that mm-hmm. they're running around. They build little burrows uh, in the in the garden, and uh, they were uh, eating all the brassicas as I put them out, as we put them out. So, with a couple of the small tomcat black mouse traps, I was able to catch some. But then I noticed I saw where the holes were, and I I set a circle of traps, five or six, maybe seven traps around the circle with no bait, and I was catching mice every morning because You're they'd come so out of the hole mean. and they would run across it. It worked well. I have to eradicate them in order to have a good garden. Those The tomcat traps do work. They're, they work they're well. Very, they're very effective, the, both the, the rat-sized ones and the And it's and interesting the, and the is the, the, those little mice will not set off the large rat trap. I've, I've set the camera up and watched them walk across it, and it didn't really? set them. Hmm. Wow. I know, I know I caught something in one of the big rat traps and the whole thing disappeared. Well, that happens pretty regularly, actually, in that big garden. I Poway. did some cleaning in the garden a couple of weeks ago, and I found my two missing rat traps. <laughs> um, were there bones in it? There were bones in it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so something found them and took them off. And Anyway, yes, I did find them, so they yeah. didn't disappear completely. We're going to go to the phones. We're going to head up to uh, Oceanside, where Paul is waiting. Good morning, Paul. How are you? Good morning. Fine so far. Thanks. Uh, I have uh, one citrus tree that I haven't uh, harvested one good orange yet. They're all split. That's one of the problems. And then some of the leaves are totally black. Has some white fly and various other things that look uh, very bad this year on this one tree. Well, the splitting the splitting happens when with inconsistent with inconsistent moisture levels in the soil. Uh, when it gets really hot, like we like it has been, they can dry out a little bit faster than normal. And then when they do get watered, the trees absorb the water faster than the rind can grow around the grow around the flesh that's inside. And just by the hydraulic action, it just it splits the it splits the skin. Uh, navel oranges can be more prevalent because the navel is already a weakened deformity of the rind, and a lot of times that's where it starts. So just try to keep the try to keep the soil moisture a little bit more consistent. If if we get into another hot dry spell, give it a little bit of extra water, uh, and that should get that under control. There's as long as no bugs get into the split fruit, the fruit should still be okay. It's mostly just unsightly. And then you said you get you some of the foliage is black. Yes. Then that's that's an indication that you have some kind of sucking insect on it. I, you said you had some white fly scale will do that as well. Um, mealybug. Aphids. Aphids. Uh, what happens is those sucking insects secrete honeydew, which is a sticky which is a sticky substance that gets on the leaves. And then uh, there's a mold called sooty mold that grows on the honeydew, and that's what turns black. So if you get rid of the in, if you get rid of the insects that are secreting the honeydew, you'll get rid of the honeydew. You'll get rid of the sooty mold. Um, a lot of times, too, ants will farm um, sucking insects because they will feed off of that honeydew. So you see, you can see a lot of ants, a lot of ant activity in your tree. The best way to control that, and now is actually a pretty good time to do it, is to spray the tree with horticultural oil. And we recommend doing that two or three times a year just just for the heck of it to keep stuff under control because a lot of those insects can get into the tree and you don't even really realize it um, but they're they're doing damage to the tree and uh, reducing the vigor of the tree. But if you just two or three sprayings of the um, horticultural oil a year, we will keep them under control, and you'll have a much happier tree. Is is a tank sprayer uh, the best way to do that with the horticultural oil? I prefer to use a I prefer to use a, a hose end sprayer. You, you don't have to you don't have to pre mix anything. Um, it siphons it out and mixes it uh, as it's coming out, and plus it's a stronger stream, so it gets deeper into the plant. It moves the foliage around so you can get the top and bottom of the foliage, uh, and it's a lot faster. And if and if the tree has any height to it at all, um, the hose end sprayer works really well. And you can, either, you can get the horticultural oil with a hose end sprayer. It's, a con- it's in concentrate, but it has a hose end sprayer attached to it, or you can buy the concentrate without the sprayer and use your own sprayer uh, to do it. But that, that that's the most effective way of doing it. The other thing that's nice about it, too, is the horticultural oil doesn't poison the insects. It suffocates them. So you, if you have fruit on the tree, you can spray the tree in the morning and you can pick the fruit in the afternoon. Oh, excellent. So 
I have some. I have a hose and sprayer, but it's one of those the ones that adjust. And can I use one of those because that they that's sort of a, a mixing, I guess, mechanism to where it it meters out the correct amount. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. As long as long as it can be adjusted to whatever the dilution rate is, and I can't remember it off the top okay. of my head. It depends uh, on the t- time of the year, and yeah. you know, but it, it's a pretty wide range. It's like two point five to four, two point five to five. Ounces per gallon, or just buy the one then the ready to use, just <laughs> yeah. hook it up to the that. hose, and then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, but it's you dial Lock. it in and you use it. It's quite easy. It's flexible because you can adjust on the fly. I'm yeah. having none of it, <laughs> but that that should take care of it for you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Paul. Have a great af- have a great afternoon. Have a have a great you weekend, well, gentlemen. Take Thanks. care. If you want to give us a call, eight 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 three four four eleven seventy is the number. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. Um, what else? He said, I, it was, "Oh, um, that—that's a good segue into almost a break. Uh, we can talk about <laughs> this in a minute." But uh, he's the sooty mold. The amount of the amount of oyster scale that I yes. have seen coming through on citrus this season is tremendous. I even had it was all over my my lemon tree at home. As a matter of fact, I took took home some oil spray yesterday and and. Have you spray, have it, spray, have you yeah. deployed it? Hmm? Did you use it? Yeah, no, I did. I I got I got I I had I put it in the car earlier in the day, and as soon as I got home, I grabbed it out of the car and I walked straight through the house out onto the patio and sprayed the tree. Way to go! Good for you, yeah. David. There's a lesson there. I, yeah, <laughs> thank you. I'll, I'll I'll get the podcast. But the the, the oyster scale it tends to. Uh, it congregates on the fruit a lot. And the guy was in, was it yesterday or the, or the day before? Day before. I took some pictures. I have, I'll share them with you guys. And if they're, if they, they're suitable for, for distribution, for you can see them. I'll put them on our Facebook page because it's very. I ate that orange. It was quite tasty. A little on the top No, not side. that one you did. Oh. That little green one? The one that, what was no, yellowish that's, green? No, no, oh. that was not okay. the one. This one, yeah. So David's used to eating unripe fruit. Well, in, in fairness, David is very kind. He'll offer it to me as well, and, but well, he, yes. he gives me the caveat up front. Would you like some almost ripe fruit? <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you want to give us a call, at 888-344-1170 is the number. We're going to take a quick break here on Garden Talk. We'll be back with more right after this. your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. When I got to the garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same, but it's all right. And we're back with more garden talk here on KCBQ AM and FM at KPRZ AM. I, I hope you remember the segue we were headed to because I forgot all of where we were. We were talking about scale. Oh, that's right. We were talking about oyster scale and how bad it is, uh, or how bad it's been this season. The, the oyster scale and the and the mites. And you you brought in that piece of was it a tomato that the tomato, was, co- yeah, the tomato, that was co- right. completely mites. It, it was completely encased in spider webs, and it was actually orange. With yeah. mites on it. An it elderly was, gentleman brought it in a little Tupperware container. Yeah. And he didn't want me to open it, but I opened it to show him what I said. It looks like spider mites. And I opened it, and they were crawling everywhere. It was probably one of the worst infestations I'd ever seen. It, that, it, that was a bad one. That was a really bad one. Uh, but I, I, it, I'm i guessing it has to do it's hot this year dry. with just, just the, the, hot, yeah. the hot and dry hot and dry season that we've had this year. But it's been a, it's been probably the probably the worst mite season that I've that I've seen in a long time. But like I said, though, the, uh, the oil sprays will take care of, 
will take care of it. And and mites are one that they're difficult to control um, just in general because there's not a lot of there's not a lot of insecticides that are effective against them. But the oil sprays are are very right. effective yeah. against them. So that's a something to keep keep in mind in your uh, pest control arsenal. And, and I haven't found it, unless David, you know of any or Mark the any systemics. There are no systemics for spider mites. Uh, no, all three in one. Which three in one? The bio advanced three mean, in one. You mean through the roots? Right. Yes, I oh, mean through the roots. Okay. Something that you pour in the ground that will. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. The three in one not is a topical. A, the three in one is a systemic, but the miticide that's in it is a topical. Right. Yeah. yeah. And do you consider drilling? A hole in the trunk of your tree, and then putting a an ace cap into your tree is that that's part? A, that's was, a systemic. Okay, because the ace caps right. do list mites. That that was one of the one of the best mite one of the best miticides that was on the market was was isotox. Way back in the back in the day when ortho was still a relevant name in the uh, insecticide world, um, isotox was a that was a that was a fantastic product. And that stinky powdered orthene. Oh, that's ninety-seven percent. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Uh, Acephate. Yeah, yeah, would, would Which do is, it. But that's that's what um, I I didn't need to go there. You are correct. There's nothing you can mix up with water and pour around the base of the tree to take care of mites. And the the Bayer one that Ken was referencing is not labeled for use on edibles. Right. No. So yeah. so the real solution is the, oils, the hort oils, which work well. Well, salt. Sulfurable, what yes, a wettable yeah, sulfur, sulfur, but, work but you run, you you run into the burning problem again. So, so sulfur I would, can burn. Why? Why does it burn? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Just get your Monterey oil in the ready to spray that you hook right up to the hose, and you, you go out and take you care don't of the have to Think. Yes, without thinking. Yeah. yeah. Which one did you get? I got the because my trees are my, my trees are relatively small. I got um, I got ready to use. Okay. So, it, and and it worked because you used it. I used it. And did it leave your trees looking clean and shiny? Uh, a little. I'll have to go out and take a look today and see see what they look like. I sprayed the Monterey probably a couple of months ago now. It was on a really hot day, and I was doing a test, and the trees still look good. There's still a nice sheen on the leaves from yeah, the it's, mineral it, it's from like, the mineral oil. Yeah, it's like leaf polish. Yes, it it really. It that doesn't makes them, leaf polish that doesn't burn. That doesn't burn. Um, I I had I had leaf miner infestation on a couple of the citrus trees this year. That was. So, yeah, I think you're the was, only person in San Diego. <laughs> it was it was so bad that the foliage actually turned a completely different color. I mean, the it's it's a super super light green because they ate so much of the foliage. There's hardly any. Hardly any pigment left in them. That almost that all it almost looks variegated. That's so sad. It is. I know. I need to go. I need trim. to go out and trim them up. The, the scale we were talking about the oyster shell scale on the fruit itself, and I had a customer earlier this week that had just little bits of it on. I think it was a lemon, and she was afraid it was inedible because of that. And it really isn't because the the no. scale is topical, and even if you haven't killed it. It, yes, it's not so. going to affect the fruit inside. It, it messes up Unless the rind. Unless you're allergic to shellfish. <sighs> oh, I hadn't thought of that. Hmm. <laughs> That's the kind of thing I would say. Where did that come from, George? Deep in the pit. Okay. Um, you know, go ahead. No, I, I, I can't follow that. I was going to say, there, 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 is a systemic, there is a systemic that is labeled for, for citrus and fruit trees. And if you, you, and you don't spray it, you... You mix up the concentrate and water it, water it in around the water it around the base, and it's absorbed through the root system. And that works that works very well on all the sucking insects as well. And that actually will protect the trees for I think it's eight to twelve months. But that is not supposed to cross into the fruit, so it would not but, take care of scale on the fruit. That's true. It would only take care of it on the leaves and right. stems, which may help which uh, uh, if you, keep which enough of it take, away from the citrus. Yeah, as yeah. it's developing. Yeah, so that's a. That that is another option, but my my still my go to is uh, is horticultural oil. It it works extremely well. It do, doesn't doesn't work on leaf miners though. That's the that's the problem. The the systemic well and uh, spinosad well. 
Why, why does spinosad work? On I was going to ask. I haven't, I haven't heard you use that word yeah, in a long time. May I? Go Please. Ahead. Please do. Because it's translaminar, don't you know? <laughs> it penetrates the leaf. It doesn't go through the system of the plant, but it does penetrate the leaf. So it will get the miners that are hiding under the cuticle. It's just of the enough leaf. in there so when they start eating, they ingest that bacteria and die. And get them. But you have to be careful with that because you can only, is it six times a year? Six times a year on citrus. Yeah. Right? So typically we suggest using it in the warmer months when you can't do anything else. And that's when the moth is most active anyway. So I want to go back. Can I, can I go back to the vegetable garden and the deer mice? Yeah. Sure. I planted last, well, two weeks ago, most of them, some last week, a bunch of winter vegetables. The beets and carrots are coming up. The onions are coming up. And the peas are coming up. But I noticed a small hole, and it wasn't from a gopher, where the peas, where the peas were, or are were. one of one of sets of them, and I'm wondering if it was a one of those little mice. Little mice. Yeah. It might very well be. I was looking. I for think gopher. they're deer mice. I could be wrong, but that's what I believe okay, them to well, be. Why don't we just call them cute little furry mice? They they are actually rather cute. It's yeah, it's tough to get rid of them, but because they are kind of cute. But. Okay, so we'll just. Uh, Call them little mice. Do you want to borrow a handful of extra traps so you can make a circle around that hole? I probably have some. Set set them up. Okay. I have to deploy. But the, you know, I've talked about just throwing out all the seeds and I'll thin later. You're not going to thin. I know. But do you know what I did this year? You didn't. You set them out in some kind of proper fashion. I planted individual seeds for both the, not the carrots. The carrots are too small. For the beets, though, I put them in little rows in in my smart pots. And they're all coming up beautifully. I did plant way too many peas under one metal arbor, and my theory here is I was going to run strings from the top of the arbor. It's a it's an A. It's an A-frame. And I was going to run string from the in the center of the A-frame down so that the peas in the middle would have a place to climb. I don't know if I'll actually do that, but that's the theory when I put it's good, it's good 10 to have, times It's good, it's good to have goals. <laughs> Little goals, yes. So we'll see if it actually happens. I put them on the outside where they will have support and everywhere else because I'm going to give them support later. We'll see. In, yeah, in theory. Yeah. They're like kids. <laughs> yeah, they just always need support. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. And then uh, and, you know, that was the other, the, other, the other tip on growing peas, whether they're edible peas or sweet peas, is use the uh, – Trellis netting, yeah, the, yeah, nylon you netting. Just or... Stretch it out, grow the crop, and then when the when at the end of the season, you just yank the whole thing out and throw it away. Yep. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I had a customer in a couple of weeks ago that was asking what to do, and I told her about the trellis netting because I did actually listen to that part of the radio show when you were saying it, and she was so excited uh, to be able just to throw it that all makes away. Makes it easy and. I was also remembering that as I was trying to tear the old dry bean portions off of my metal trellis and trying to unfurl them. And I mean, it was awful. It was awful. And I thought, it's oh, a lot like work. Trellis. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like that. And next to the peas are some of the beans that I didn't harvest that just dropped to the ground. They are, they're germinating now too. leftover beans. You're supposed to harvest those. Yeah. I think once you plant something in a vegetable garden, it's, wise i mean if you're going to spend the, the energy the water resources and etc cetera, etc cetera, to, to harvest them and eat them i ate a few dozen over the weeks yeah, so you know good. okay good no back to your beets beets i think are always one that you can throw out in a little bit more if you're going to thin them because you can thin them and eat them you just pull them out and, and that's cook, the cook theory george that's what we say year what i say year after year but i've never done it okay well you know another um radishes are the same way yeah um and actually, radish greens are—they make a good they're, pesto. They're good they're, sautéed. They're, yeah, they're very good. Very spicy. They can be. They're very spicier spicy. than you think. Yeah. yeah, much spicier than you would than you would think. If you want to give us a call, eight 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 three four four eleven seventy is the number. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk to Dennis and Escondido. If you want to give us a call, one eight or eight 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 three four four eleven seventy is the number. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We'll be back with more right after this. your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. 
Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. When I got to the garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same. And we're back with more Garden Talk here on KCPQ and KPRZ. We're going to go up to Escondido where Dennis is waiting. Good morning, Dennis. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well, thank you. I was listening a few minutes ago, and you were listing a bunch of stuff that was going on, some plants. And did you mention spider webs? We mentioned spider webs in association with spider mites. Um, you you will get spiders on you will it's not uncommon to find regular garden spiders in in your plants and they will and they will create webs but what we were talking about specifically was spider mites and they create a much finer web and the and the insects are very very tiny uh about the size of a about the size of a comma really and just a, on a printed page they're they're very tiny my sego palms are loaded with them, and every time I water them, I have to take a broom and brush them off. But I never see a spider or anything like that. What should I use on those? Just shoot them off with a, just blast them with the water. When you're out there watering, just blast the webs with the with the hose and High clear pressure, them out. Yeah. And that'll get rid of it. Well, yeah. that'll get mm-hmm. rid of the webs, but it, the spiders are going to come back. And remember. Spiders are our friends. And we, we want spiders. We don't want spider mites. Right. The world would be overrun with insects if we didn't have spiders. The mites are different, um, but actual spiders, you can just clear out the webs and each time you're out there. And it, it is beneficial to almost any plant that has spiders on it. The webs catch leaves and debris, and it, it allows an area of harborage for insects to get a foothold. So washing them out when you're uh, on occasion... Is a is a great idea. Okay, all right. Uh, another question: I have a hula girl hibiscus, and it's a gorgeous plant. Uh, I, I fought white giant white flies for years until I found a, a bio advanced tree and flower uh, formula, mm-hmm. and that just wiped wiped those guys out real quick. But my question is: uh, I have a this hula girl in the front yard that gets the giant white fly and then I have a a different brand of hibiscus in the back that's a purple color don't know what brand it is and it never gets giant white flies Um, but the hula girl does and the one in the back is 10 to 1 on the flowers does a hula girl not produce a lot of flowers? It it does not it is uh, some of the Varieties of showier flowers do not produce as many or as much as some of the other varieties. But it is a spectacular plant. The foliage is so nice and green and, and big and dense, uh, but you do not get as many flowers. And the purple one is probably a totally different kind of plant. Um, and they, they bloom differently and they have different leaves and the white flies are not as attracted to them. Yeah, that, that hula girl is my favorite plant on my whole property. Yeah, it's a pretty. It, that that is a pretty plant. You, you might try feeding it more aggressively or more often than you are to see if you can encourage some bloom, especially during this warmer period. Is when they they will put out more flowers for you, but give them more food and see if you can't get a little extra bloom that way. Oh, sounds good. Thank you. Okay. Thanks a lot, Dennis. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye. Okay. Take care. Um, can I the, go ahead? It beats. We talked oh, about beets. beets again? We did, well, we okay. talked about beets, and we didn't badmouth you for saying they taste like dirt and not liking them. And, and we then forgot we said, to do that. And then we said radishes, and you mentioned what yeah. about radishes? You know, radishes to David, what beet is to Ken. Yeah. They're which gross. Are, which is fine. They're <laughs> gross. <laughs> They're men. How's that? Yeah. Well, no, I like them. So <laughs> Okay. And, I, and, I, and I, did, I didn't say I won't eat beets. It's just that it's not my favorite. Well, not, not I, I think I think in this little debate here that you just admitting that you might eat beets by saying you wouldn't not eat beets is a big revelation, something you've never said. We'll see, I think Mel- we're moving forward now. We'll see, is Melanie loves a debate we're having. Yes, okay. Melanie, Melanie Melanie loves beets, so she 
She's yes, putting she roasted beets and, stuff, and yeah. salads and stuff all the time. So and and when it's in a salad, I don't have time to sit there at the dinner table and pick that stuff out of a salad. I know people will do that, but I you just, put a little salad dressing on it. And yeah, you, just you put enough salad dressing on it. I, I, was, I was unaware of this side of you, Mr. Yeah. Anderson. I'm proud of you. It's it's good to know you're adjusting. Yeah, but, but see, you won't eat cilantro. No, I do eat cilantro. He has a, I don't he has a like genetic it. disposition. Don't yeah, say, don't say it. Don't you say it. Don't you say it. I won't it. say it. Okay. I, I am predisp- I, I don't mind cilantro if it's well blended, and I don't pick it out. Yeah. It's kind of hard to pick it out of salsa. It really so. is. I, I've tried. Oh, there's a big leaf. I'll take that one out. But um, I yeah. do eat it, and it's good for me, right? It's a green. It's a green. But I have... It's also one of the few plants that's an herb and a spice. Really? Correct. Yeah. Please explain. Coriander. The, the leaf portion is your herb, and then the coriander seed is the spice. Wow. Didn't know that, huh? I didn't think about it. Oh. I mean, I knew that, that we had yeah. cilantro and coriander, and one was the plant and one was the seed, but I didn't think herb versus spice, and yeah. I'm, I feel... My head has expanded. Don't you love learning something? I love learning. Mm-hmm. Too you know, bad I won't remember it and tomorrow. I, but and I think I it love. depends on who the which seed company it is. Some of a, some of the seed companies sell it as coriander, and right. some of them sell it as cilantro. And, and some but it, it's the say same both. Thing. But say some coriander. customers will only buy cilantro because they don't want coriander. They want cilantro because <laughs> they, they want the herb and, and not, not the spice. The spice. There we go. Now I understand. And the flower heads on it kind of look like Queen Anne's lace. They yeah, do. they do. They do. Yeah. They do. And, 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 they, you know, and they sell so pretty freely too. I mean, I've had a lot that just keep coming back. You know, that's something that we used to that we used to have a fairly good call for. But we, I haven't. I don't think I've actually seen true Queen Anne's lace in years. But I, I have it. I have a faux Queen's Anne lace. But a faux, yeah, because of your dad, faux. A long, faux, long way to run because of your your dad saying, "Just let your carrots go to seed." Yeah. And that works quite well. Yeah, there's a Looks couple just of, like it. There's a couple of di- there's a couple of different things that when you when you let them go to seed look like Queen Anne's lace. Yep. Carrots are one. Coriander kind of or cilantro kind of looks like Queen Anne's lace uh, when it goes to seed as well. And there was, God, what was I? Wa- there was was watching um, a growing passion, which is Nan Nan Sturman's show on KPBS, KPBS yeah. which actually is a. It I have to admit, it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty good show. She does some interesting stuff. And she was at a farm. They were um, they were hybridizing hybridizing radishes. And Yum. They showed how how they were. It, it, it was it was pretty interesting how how they were doing it and how and they put them in these enclosures that have a very very fine screen on them, so it allows the light to come light and the air to come through, but it keeps the insects out, and that's how they keep pollinators from getting in. And cross-pollinating them. Oh, another interesting thing that I saw too. It popped up on a on an email from one of the trade publications. Um, I can't remember the name of the company. It's a Dutch. It's a Dutch hybridizing company, but they took over um, the Eki Ranch in Encinitas. And I thought it was the Leechtag Foundation that had bought the Eki Ranch, but it's it, it's not Leechtag anymore. It's this this Dutch grower. They moved their entire mum hybridizing operation there, and that's what they grow at the Eki Ranch now is mums. The entire the entire ranch in Encinitas huh. is dedicated to to mum propagation and hybridization. And I'm hoping I'm going to try to get in touch with them and see if they will let us come up and take a look at the operations and it's, see what they're some. doing because the the um, that was that was one of the one of the really cool things when the Eckies had it um, during the poinsettia season when you could go up at the open houses and see the see the variety the just the huge variety of poinsettias that they were working on and some of the trials and um, some of the stuff that was in the pipeline for for future release it was it was stunning it was just absolutely stunning to be in the in those greenhouses when they were when they were in full bloom yeah. There are some of the citrus growers. You were talking about putting the radish radishes in an enclosure. Mm-hmm. They they have cloth now, miles of cloth that you can cover orchards with to keep pollinators out of the orchards when the fruit is forming, so that they are seedless. 
Wow, that sounds like a lot of work. It yeah. does, but yeah. I, apparently it's a kind of a normal, a normal practice now. Well, that's you know it, that's one of the things that they do in uh, in vineyards, and if you're up in Temecula or or even in the backcountry here, bird netting. The amount of bird netting that they use in vineyards is astonishing because they, as the fruit starts to ripen, they need to keep the, they need to keep the birds out of it. And so you look down the you look down the rows at the vineyards, and they, you, when the when they're not using it, they just keep it all bundled up at the top. And then when it's time to put it out, they just go they just go out and deploy it and, and pull it wrap down it down and around wrap it down and around. But um, just miles. So the, that, miles that, of bird netting. The cloth that's used to keep out the pollinators, we can use it to keep out citrus leaf miner and psyllids, right? Yes, we could. Yeah. Is it that is it that fine that yes. it would keep a it would keep a leaf miner out? I, I, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe not. But you know that it'll keep a bee out. Spe- speaking right. of, speaking of the uh, speaking of the Ecky Ranch, um, their greenhouses were all were all uh, enclosed, framed, all framed in mm-hmm. with with that cloth to keep the to keep insects yeah. under control as well. That's about it for Garden Talk this weekend. Uh, we will be back next Saturday next Saturday morning at 6 o'clock right here on KCBQ AM and FM and KPRZ AM and FM. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you next time. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Yes, very oh much so. Oh, my gosh, and happy birthday, Barbara. Oh. Good. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.